<laughs> and good afternoon and welcome to a new episode of the Morning Star Journal. Uh, my name is Tariq and that was me attempting to play money and I still have some uh, work on that and also actually performing so um, a little bit more practice on that. And also playing on a new bass that I just got, new Fender, which I am very excited on playing and hopefully I'll be playing that more often. But anyway, other than that crazy intro, as I get my papers and everything in order and also get some normal background music started here after that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, fun intro. So my name is Tariq and this is the Morning Star Journal. If you uh, just tuned for the first time, this is a podcast that um, I take some time to just talk about either uh, books, uh, movies, TV shows, games, music, uh, really just anything and everything that's on my mind that I've enjoyed. I give you my um, thoughts, retrospective. Sometimes I try to dive into a little bit of history and uh, just kind of going from there. Uh, this, for right now, this is completely unedited, so uh, all the mistakes you may be hearing, we're not uh, taking anything out. This is completely unfiltered. I just want to give you my um, thoughts as they come along. I do have a few notes here and there that I do try to uh, put together. Um, but other than that, uh, that's the show. And today, uh, our, other than going over just a few basic housekeeping things here and there, I'm actually going to go into uh, the final book in the Codex Alaris series by Jim Butcher, First Lord's Fury. Um, I've been talking about this series uh, basically since I started the uh, podcast uh, so many months ago. Um, I've gone through all uh, all five of the other books, um, so I figured I might as well finish it up. Um, definitely Jim Butcher won't be the last time I've said it before and I'll say it again um, he won't be the last time I mention him because I really fell in love with a lot of his books um, I started with the Dresden Files and eventually I found uh, this one Coex Alera uh, he's also got a new series called The Cinder Spires um, Air Not Windless which I also enjoyed and hopefully one day I'll talk about that one as well uh, so, just a few housekeeping before we get into the book. Um, if you're listening or you have listened in the past, you'll know that normally I have these out once a week and I did miss last week. Um, do apologize about that. A lot of stuff's been going on, just trying to uh, get a lot of things sorted and um, trying to make sure to give a good show. I will admit, um, in the last couple of last couple of months actually um i have gotten a little bit uh slower with the uh podcast only because you know i um i fell into the trap of uh looking at the numbers and i was looking at how many um listens i got and how many people were 
uh, clicking on um, either my, because uh, I usually uh, post a message on Twitter and I kind of have a uh, quick little uh, preview on Instagram and um, I got into the uh, uh, the trap of, you know, looking at that and being discouraged by, you know, the number or the lack of numbers and, um, you know, it kind of got me down a little bit and I'll really admit it because this podcast is about my thoughts about things and I'm not going to hold anything back. And I think that's the, you know, that's the problem is that I, I've held back a lot, you know, over the years. And, uh, this podcast has given me the opportunity not to hold back, not to, um, cower in my own room or apartment in this case, uh, but to actually put something out there for people to see. And sometimes even here, uh, with me playing, um, that definitely needs to come along. I've uh, been playing bass now for a few months and, uh, I've gotten a little bit better, but, um, you know, still a little work, uh, still a little bit nervous when I'm not, uh, when it's not having to play just for myself or the instructor that I see, but, um, I kind of started losing focus of what this is really about. And it's not about those numbers, but it's about putting this out for people to listen to, um, hopefully to get you excited for certain things. Um, when I talk about different books, I hope that my main point of this is for you to maybe go out and read these books. Because I do go over a lot of it, and I go over a lot of detail, but it's really to encourage you to read it, to give it a chance. Maybe give the author a chance. Maybe the book series I'm talking about might not be your cup of tea, but maybe this will lead you to um, a different book series that will. Same thing with the uh, games or the... uh, TV shows or movies I talk about, uh, the main things I want I want to express how much they mean to me, um, what I felt either watching them or being a part of them, and hopefully that um, is played out to uh, you who listen. Um, so I am trying to get back. You might hear a little rolling thunder. I got an alert saying that uh, we might be in store for a tornado warning um, or a watch. Can't remember which one it was. Hopefully my phone doesn't go off with messages, even though it might. So uh, be prepared for that if it does. But um, anyway, um, I am going to still try to uh, get out some more streaming. I'm still making my way through Spyro. I did post a kind of questionnaire of the next game I should go to between Uncharted 4 and Transformers Devastation, and they only got one vote. The one vote was for um, Uncharted, so uh, once I get to a pretty good point, I want to at least beat, um, because I'm playing the Spyro Reignited series, which is all three of the um, original games, but remastered. Uh, so once I get through at least maybe one, maybe two of the games, um, I'll jump over to Uncharted and play that, and I'll uh, kind of post my progress on that one, and Uncharted is going to be a brand new run. Um, I've played the first one, uh, and very little of the second. I do like the series, also love the developer, Naughty Dog. Um, they made another series I love, Jack and Daxter, which I'm hoping gets a PS4 reboot sometime in the near future got my fingers crossed on that one but um 
Uncharted 4 will be a brand new series, so that's going to be a new run for me. But other than that, and of course I talked about, I uh, did get a new uh, base that I have been playing, and I'll probably put some pictures out of that once I get a pretty good angle. Uh, one of the catches on this apartment is that it's very dark. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of uh, good lighting and in the main room, and um, that's where I usually take most of the pictures, and so I usually have to wait till sun's in a good position um, to really take anything, and uh, with the rain today, it's uh, not in the best position. Actually, there's not much of a sun, so we'll kind of see where it goes. Oh, and another thing, and this will kind of date the episode, but hey, it happens. Uh, this coming Sunday is Mother's Day, so if you happen to be a mother, um, listen to the show. Happy Mother's Day to you. But anyway, let's get into it. So with all the series, oh, and um, I will be talking about just book six. I'm not going to do a rundown of uh, the previous five uh, books. If you do, if you do want to know what I think about those, um, I have all my episodes are still up. You can find it on, I usually use Anchor, but you can find um, all the episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, they're even on iTunes, any, um, just about anywhere you can listen to uh, podcasts. You'll find you'll find my episode. Well, if you listen to this, you found my episode. But all the other episodes are still up as well, so you can get, definitely go back and hear how much I fumble, which I'm kind of fumbling now, so won't be much of a difference. But anyway. So one of the things I like to do is I like to uh, just kind of read the back cover of the book that I'm talking about and then uh, go into a little bit of the book. I'll actually talk about the plot. May cheat a little bit um, with a little help. I'll be uh, looking up some of the plot points as I kind of go through it, Uh, but I hope you bear with me. But anyway, again, the book is The First Lord's Fury. And it's by Jim Butcher. And as I said before, it's book six of the Codex Alera. So let me read the back of it so you can kind of get a feel of it. In the acclaimed Codex Alera novels, the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Dresden Files, Jim Butcher, has created a world of epic fantasy in the best way, inspired by Tolkien. Now the people of Alera who use their unique bonds with the elemental elements... Hmm says elementals, but okay. Uh, <laughs> elementals of earth, air, fire, water, wood, and metal for protection must face the ultimate conflict. For Gaius Octavian, life has been a long, one long struggle. Uh, battling ancient foes, forging new alliances, and confronting corruption from within his own land, he's become a legendary man of war and a leader of men and the rightful first lord of Alera. Now, the end of all he fought for is close at hand. The brutal, dreaded Vord are on the march, using fear and chaos to turn the Alerans against one another, and forcing those who will not submit to flee to the outer reaches of the realm. Perhaps for the final time, Gaius Octavian and his legions must stand against the enemies of his people. And it will take all of his intelligence, ingenuity, and fury craft to save their world 
from internal darkness. So, um, a brief thing, of course, on the Codex Alera. It's um, is fictional land, basically starring uh, Gaius Octavian, who, for most of the series, we've known as Tavi, and I'll uh, probably still refer to him as Tavi. And it is pouring down crazy right now, so hopefully I'll be able to talk over all this rain. But anyway, um, the story for the most part is Tavi's journey, coming from a small farmland up until finding out his true uh, his um, true past, being the uh, prince and the next ruler of the realm. And in this final book, he's leading his legion back and fighting against a Vord, which is this um, basically these uh, insect-like creatures that devour everything. So a little bit on Codex Alera, of course. It's the sixth and final book of the whole series. I'll kind of go over that it is pretty much the final book in a sense. Um, and I'll talk about that, that kind of question mark at the end. Uh, was originally released on November 24th of 2009, at least on hardback. And later it was released on paperback on November 30th of 2010. Now, I didn't know about the series when it first came out. Um, probably around that time, I was still um, mainly just reading the uh, Dresden Files during that period. It wasn't until way later, and I had seen the First Lord uh, cover before. Now, I put a picture of it on Instagram, but I'd seen it on a hardback uh, at one point. And then when I finally finished the Dresden Files and started looking for other books. And when I found the first book, Furies of Calderon, when I looked at the other covers, the other covers uh, started looking more familiar and I realized these were covers I've seen before, but I just didn't realize uh, Jim Butcher had done it. Now, um, Furies of Calderon, the first book I've been bought at, because um, I found it at a at a regular bookstore, like I think it was Books a Million at the time. But the other ones, when I started to go into it, I was kind of upset that um, that was at a time where I wasn't using a tablet and I was getting the books, you know, just the physical copies. And um, I actually decided to go to a used bookstore called Last Word. And luckily enough, I actually found two through six there. So somebody had uh, donated, like, I guess the entire series. Um, I, I kind of feel bad because, uh, in that case, I did kind of break up the, uh, set because all the books were almost, all two through six were in similar condition, and I believe book one was there too, and they were really cheap, so I almost bought, like, all five of the last books for almost the price of the new first book, but I kind of broke up, uh, whoever donated it, his, uh, collection, so, sorry about that. Um, but it was nice getting all those books, and um, so when I got them all at the same time, I was able to just jump into the next book. So I read two, was able to like, you know, I probably took like maybe a day break, and then I jumped into three, took a day break to jump into four, and I read like the entire series. And I have read at least the whole series at least two or three times. Uh, when uh, there's been a couple of times where the book has gone on sale on Kindle. 
and I've enjoyed it so much that I actually bought the digital copies of at least the first two books. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, just getting situated. Uh, actually bought digital copies of the first two books and even reread them, and I've uh, been kind of reading through the other three a little bit here and there, um, you know, to get ready for these uh, podcasts. But um, so basically this is the culmination of everything uh the like the final this is the final battle the series finale and it really holds up there's um not there's a there's a couple few uh little surprises here and there uh no big like a um kind of uh uh betrayals but there, there are a few revelations. Um, there's a lot, like, during the whole series, it's very... Um, the reason why I got into it is because um, at the time when I was when I was uh, finding this book, Game of Thrones had just started up. And it was probably on its, like, maybe second or third season at the time. And this book really harkens back to that Game of Thrones uh, aspect of it in a lot of ways because... The board act like are almost like the White Walkers. If you watch Game of Thrones, uh, there's a lot of there's all these different houses and who's going to be the first lord. Kind of like what's going on in Game of Thrones. And um, there's a uh, character called Nvidia who is reminiscent of Cersei in a lot of certain a lot of uh, situations. So um, it's it really did harken back to it. And I would say if anyone if you like Game of Thrones. I feel like you would still enjoy this series. Now, it doesn't have the um, kind of sex that Game of Thrones has, and the violence is still heavy, but, you know, a lot of uh, the main characters do last through most of the series, except for near the end. Uh, There's a few of them that do get killed, so it doesn't have that kind of uh, wow factor of, like, you know, anyone can die. It does kind of go back to um, kind of standard as far as, you know, uh, storytelling in that sense. But I think that's more fun. I like it when, you know, my heroes survive and I can actually follow certain characters for several books and see their progression. I actually enjoy that. Um, So I definitely recommend it. Um, It's a lot of fun. Um, You, like I said, there's some really crazy characters from uh, Tavi, Kitia, who's his uh, girlfriend slash now wife at this point, or basically turning his wife, um, his mother, his aunt, at first his aunt, but uh, by book four, he realizes it's actually his mother, Asana, um, her brother, Bernard. Um, there's just so many characters in this, and I'm trying to focus on this rather than the uh, immense downpour that's happening right now with rain and I just saw lightning so I'm really hoping that power uh, stays on here luckily I'm doing this on my phone so worst case if power goes out um, I'll still be able to at least finish up but still it won't be a good day but it is crazy out there anyway um, so let's get to kind of like the plot of this and what I'm going to do is I took a few notes and I may be going to a plot synopsis for a little bit so um at the beginning of this we find Tavi returning from the continent of Cana so in the last book he had gone to Cana to try to 
um, root out the Vord, because at least he, from what he understood, most of the Vord were actually on this other continent, um, with the Kanum, which are these kind of like werewolf-type characters, and or creatures, I should say, because they're all these um, wolf uh, beings, basically. And... Um, he wasn't able to stop the Vord, but he did realize that the main queen wasn't there. So he got as much of the Kanum out of the continent as he could. So him, Kitia, uh, the Kanum leader, which is named Varg, and the survivors of his legion and the Kanum are returning back to Alera. As they're um, journeying back, and they're on these kind of like arcs that they built, um, they're actually, Kitty and Tavi are being trained by the Fury called Alira. So in previous books, there was a point where it looked like Gaius was talking to nobody in general. And before he kills himself, uh, trying to protect everyone, and um, he basically summons a volcano in the last book that ends up killing him, uh, Aaron, one of Tavi's friends that we meet early in the series, uh, looks like he's talking to nobody in particular, and it turns out it's this fury called Alira, who I think, if I remember correctly, is in the form of a woman, um, and basically she is the embodiment of all the furies. So, um, in general, the furies, every person's able to, um, use a fury which is an el like an elemental force and kind of like what i was saying earlier uh that being either uh fire water earth wind uh wood or metal and alera is kind of the culmination of all those furies together in one now uh there is a big question on whether alera has always been there or when the um Alarans, as they call them, when they first came to the land, did they, when they started tapping into this elemental force, did they create it? Because one of the big things they, they talk about in the series is, well, a lot of the Furies um, uh, look like, whenever they manifest, look like um, actual animals, or sometimes uh, uh, people in certain situations. And there's always this big question on, well, are they like that in their natural state? Or is it a subconscious that the person is manifesting their power in a certain animal? Like it's their kind of totem in a sense. And um, that's kind of been one of those just kind of background questions they really don't go deep into. But anyway, Alara is the embodiment of all furies and she's been training uh, Tavi and Kitty in this case uh, because they're equally as powerful in a sense and kind of training them both. Although Kidia does take it, take to it um, a lot better and is able to control her power a lot better in Tavi. So um, Tavi does have a way, have a ways of catching up. Um, but anyway, um, she was actually passed on to Tavi because the first Lord um, had died in the previous book. Now, since he's, now, since Tavi is still making his way back home and First Lord had died in the land, there had to be a First Lord at least acting. This actually fell to a Quint, uh, Quintus Attis, uh, who is the ruler of the House Quentin. 
and he's kind of like the acting first lord and having to deal with the Vord army. Now, um, if you listen to my previous one, Aquintus has been a kind of adversary for the first lord, even for Tavi for a while. But after a while, he kind of set that aside to battle the Vord in certain situations and uh, became this kind of strong leader that the realm needed until Tavi got back. So he's kind of this acting first lord. But since, you know, this is kind of Roman-esque times, they don't exactly have a cell phone where they can reach out and say, hey, what's your status? Or I can't update it on the uh, uh, Alaren Facebook and say, hey, I'm almost there. Uh, so... Um, he's kind of on the assumption that there's a good chance Tavi's dead, that he didn't make it to Canaan, or maybe he did make it and he couldn't make it out. So he's kind of going on the assumption that he's just going to be the first Lord and he's going to not only have to deal with the Vord, but also pull the realm back from almost extinction. Um, and one of his advisors is Aaron. Uh, but at the same time, he's an advisor, but you really find out he's really just an assassin. And the First Lord kind of tasks him to be, the, the original First Lord tasks him like, okay, I need you to help Addis be the First Lord. But when Tavi comes back, he needs to relinquish control. And if he doesn't, then you can take care of him. And Aaron pretty much is this, um, and it's kind of funny because he plays off like being like this kind of meek, um, uh, you know, kind of soldier. But in truth, he's a skilled um, uh, assassin and killer. And he has no qualms with doing dirty work. Um, uh, Addis at this point also wants Asana, his uh, Tavi's mother, to basically not only back him, but potentially wed him uh, because she is the mother of the um, the prince, basically. And through the course of the book, she's actually started to gain support from a lot of different houses. Um, for instance, um, Atelin uh, actually sided with her after a kind of crazy fight with him, uh, Placida and a couple of other uh, houses that have that she's had to deal with over the course um, have actually started pledging their support to her and in extension that support will go to Tavi but since he's not there the support goes to her and Addis kind of feels like okay if I can get her on my side then I can get that support too and a lot of them like really don't like because Addis has been a thorn on everybody's side for a long time. And even though they're all fighting the Vord, it doesn't really change the fact. It's kind of one of those things like, no, the enemy of my enemy is not my friend. He's just not going to stab me in the back right now. And um, a lot of people are just not having it. Um, so Tavi eventually does make it back to land, uh, but he's really far away. So what he ends up doing is he teams up with... Um, he goes kind of north along the wall that's there. Again, like Game of Thrones, there's this wall that separates uh, most of the kingdom from this northern section. And there, there's a group called the Icemen. And they kind of have this, uh, con they, they have a 
kind of similar ability with, uh, like, uh, with kind of like watercraft in a sense. Um, and they actually help uh, Tavi pretty much create, in a sense, a train in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, a, in, in, in some cases, it's almost like a train with all the kind of arcs and ships. They kind of create this uh, train system to actually pull them along the wall. That way they can cover more ground and get towards Riva, which is one of the last one or next to last kingdoms that the Vord haven't taken over. Um, along the way, uh, we kind of see also that the Vord Queen has been keeping these slave pens um, because she's she's been telling all the Alarians that, you know, okay, we're inevitable. We're going to take over. But if you lay down your arms, um, then you'll be allowed to live in these designated areas. And also one caveat, you can never have children. But other than that, you can live in peace. And of course, most people are like, um, no. But there are a few that have decided, you know, kind of looking at their own um, today and now, their own self-interest. Some of them have taken it, you know, trying to avoid ultimate annihilation. Um, but along the way, uh, Tavi actually ends up um, freeing a lot of these different slave hands to the uh, ear of uh, the Ford Queen, who's becoming more and more unstable because um, it turns out the Vord Queen actually came about when Tavi and Kitia, back in the original, back in the first book, were going through this uh, trial so that uh, Tavi can get the merit, which is another race that Kitia is a part of, to get the merit on his side. And during their trial, he, well, both of them inadvertently had raised the Vord Queen um, with their blood, basically. And because it shared their blood, she is starting to become more, I'll just say human. They're pretty much, you know, all human for the most part. But she's starting to become human, which is counter to what the Vord are. The Vord are these kind of mindless creatures. And even the queen is only supposed to have, you know, kind of certain, you know, thoughts of just um, growing, consuming, reproducing, you know, and the cycle repeats. But now she's having these different feelings and wants and emotions and it's kind of getting in the way and making her a little bit mad. And then you've also got NVIDIA, who was Addis's wife, who... Everyone thought it had been killed, but the Vord Queen actually rescued her um, by putting this kind of parasite on her chest to kind of give her this kind of life support. Um, I always picture, uh, and this might be, <laughs> some people might not get this reference, but if you ever watched, um, I believe it was uh, one of the later Resident Evils, um, when they brought back Jill Valentine, uh, she has this kind of 
uh, spider contraption. Actually, uh, another character had the same one on them. It was something the Umbrella Company used to control people. But it was like this mechanical spider thing that attached to their chest that gave control. NVIDIA has a kind of more living insect version on her chest that's given her kind of keeping her alive yet also putting her under the Vord Queen's command. Um, so going on from that, um, and I'm going to kind of sum up a lot of the book really quick. Uh, Vord Queen does, uh, kind of get wind of where Tavi is and decides a preemptive attack. Um, also to kidnap, uh, Ketia because in her mind, the Vord Queen sees Tavi and Kitia as, uh, his, as her parents, basically. And, you know, she's kind of wants them to, she's kind of fighting for their approval in a sense. And when she attacks the base, a lot of people that we've been following actually get hurt and killed. Um, one of the, um, a couple of other surprises that happen is there's a character called, uh, Marcus who had been with Tavi since about the third book that we find out was another character called Fendelius who had betrayed the first first Lord because he did. He also didn't believe the first Lord was doing a good job and he actually disguised himself and Tavi caught on quickly on who he really was and um, Findelli, and instead of like executing him because he did commit treason before he said no your life is mine and I need you to serve me because we're going to need all the help we get and kind of disguised as this Marcus character Findelius finds a new path and as as far as Tavi's kind of advisor um, and they keep on getting pushed back. At a certain point, Addis uh, is actually hurt. And he's um, hurt really badly. And to the point that Tavi, uh, when Tavi finally sees him, he can barely move and he has to kind of give command over. And there's kind of a moment because Addis shows that despite all the craziness that he did, he did want the best for the realm. Also, um, he really, he cared for Tavi's father. And that was a big thing throughout most of the uh, series was what really happened to the original prince, Tavi's father. Because there was a lot of speculation and throughout the course of the series. And that's why I like this book series a lot. Because there's these little mysteries that we get little pieces every so often. And then by the final book, we have this more complete picture of what happened. How um, Tavi's father was basically the, the original prince wanted to make a lot of changes for the kingdom, removing the slave trade, having more, you know, equal rights for all the citizens. And um, that really deflected with a lot of what some other high lords wanted. He also fell in love with um, a common, uh, uh, what would be considered a commoner um, in Asana rather than his, his original betrothed, which turns out was NVIDIA the entire time. Uh, so 
in Vidya when she finds out that Asana was actually the other woman that kind of took and remind her prince, she also gets really angry at that as well. Um, and it does culminate to a, a major fight between uh, the Vord Queen and Tavi and Kitia, who have embraced the Furies and are able to battle her, and they do end up uh, winning. So, um, but the book still kind of ends. It ends on a kind of happy note in which they did win, but there's still kind of struggle because the Vord have the Vord for the most part have just turned wild. They're not attacking in huge in the huge army they were before, but they're still kind of a force they have to deal with. Um, the land of Canaan still has what they call the lesser queens, which means they're not as crazy as the original. They don't have the individuality that the main Vord Queen had, but they're still kind of a force that they eventually have to get to. Also, um, Tavi had to use a lot of uh, Furycraft and her power to get his legion to Riva to help out, which caused... Um, major um, climate shifts that Alira kind of tells them, you won't know about this, but probably in about 10 or 20 generations from now, they might be feeling this and it's going to be major. Um, but he's like, you know, I, I unfortunately I can't, I can't look that far ahead. I, I have to try to deal with what I can here and hopefully they'll be able to figure something out. Um, and so it kind of ends on that note and it's really, it was, it's a really good story, um, really powerful. And then it's got some major fights throughout the whole thing and it was really cool and I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, I actually let a friend of mine from work borrow it and he actually, he's a fast reader and he was able to glide through the books like they were nothing. And even me, when I, um, I take my time reading, um, I, I really started getting, uh, caught up in the books a whole lot. So if you ever want something, just like I said, fun to read. And a lot of the books are pretty standalone, even though, yeah, there, there is a story that continues. You can read like one or two of the books at a time. You don't have to kind of get the whole series. I mean, I do recommend the whole series, but you can read the books at your leisure. So I definitely recommend, you know, and do start from the beginning because um, it does, there are a lot of things that in each book, even though each book has its own conflict it kind of worries about, there are some setups that you're not going to understand unless you read the previous books. So uh, that's my kind of synopsis and thoughts on the First Lord's Fury. Uh, this one's going to be a little bit uh, even though it's gone on for almost 40 minutes, this is actually one of our shorter episodes, believe it or not. Um, you should uh, check back to one of my previous episodes that I actually um, had with David as we talked about the um, uh, Terminator saga with his father. And we go on a lot of different tangents. I definitely recommend that one if you want to hear our thoughts on the Terminator. And a little bit earlier, there's even one on the Predator that we actually had to end up cutting short uh, because uh, Anchor, turns out, only allows um, a certain amount of time. 
Um, and hopefully I'll get to get back with him and do Aliens. But anyway, that's the uh, first Lord's Fury Codex Alera. Um, again, highly recommend it. Like it's a great series, great book. If you have any comments about the book, you want to talk to me about it, or you have uh, questions that, um, even though I think it really answers it, um, by all means, you can always uh, leave a message through Anchor. You can also reach me um, either by email at the Morning Star Journal, all spelled out, at gmail.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Morningstar Journal. Journal is actually spelled J-R-N-L. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at the Morningstar Journal. Um, oh, and one thing I'll say on the note, uh, as far as when I said, oh, does it continue? So uh, Jim Butcher has another series that he just released out called The Air Not Windless. And it takes place kind of in this steampunk style future slash there is magic and stuff but there's been kind of this conspiracy theory and i'll say conspiracy theory because i've um, listened to one of the sites that talk about this that there's a chance that air not windless is actually in the codex alera universe but in the far future um it's kind of interesting to think that uh there's really there's no elemental forces so there's no fury crafting per se but they do use crystals and it's a little bit different uh, but that's another series for another time um, it's also another book that i really enjoyed um, and i hope you maybe uh, think about that one as well but again i want to thank everyone who's listening i appreciate taking the time i hope that you have a great week and I'll be sure to come out with something new next week. Again, have a great week. Peace.